0: This week on Family Gathering, the four of us discuss some fundamentals of deck building, including mana curve, deck sizes, and a basic idea of how to build your mana base. You can find us at familygathering.fm, or you can reach us at magic at familygathering.fm. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most other podcast apps. Enjoy the show!
1: All right, and welcome back to... Family Gathering, where we talk about keeping magic in the family. I'm Joe.
2: I'm Jonathan. I'm Val.
0: And I'm Derek.
1: And today we're going to be talking a little bit about deck building. But before we get into that, first, Jonathan, what's our card of the cast of the week?
2: Tendrils of Corruption. It costs three colorless mana and one black. And Tendrils of Corruption deals Edge damage to target creature. And you gain edge life for edge is the number of swamps you control.
1: And why'd you pick that guy?
2: Because if you have if you have four mana... If you if there's like a 4-4 four, four creature out, you could just destroy that and then gain the 4 life. But if you have more mana, like I usually do in the deck that I play with this card, um I gain more life and I deal more damage to creatures, so one creature. And if it's like a 7-7 and I have like 8 mana, I, can deal, I can destroy that creature so and much. gain 7 life. It, what's good about this card is you can destroy one of your opponent's creatures... And gain the life at the same time. So it's
1: like a double enemy. And yeah. for the most yeah. part, whatever it hits usually kills it, right?
2: Yeah. There's usually not a creature that can survive this. <laughs> Except if it is indestructible. Well, yeah, but you still gain the life. You yes. do still gain
1: the life. So it's a win win. Val, what do you have for your card of the cast?
2: Mine is the of possibility. It is one mount and then one of any uh mana. Um in addition to Cost to cast this spell, draw, um, discard a card and then draw two cards. Um, I like this card because it's kind of like the one that me and dad have had on the last episode where you could just like discard a card and then get another card. Mm -hmm. Uh Like you could, if you didn't like a card, you could get a new one, but you just, you just like, um, you just like discard a card. But then you draw two cards, so you don't have to really like um, think about which one you discard. You just get whatever of one, and you can get two good ones or bad ones.
1: Yeah, and, and two cards for two mana is pretty good, and especially yeah. I mean, discarding one card is not too bad. But especially in decks where you may have a card that you can't play at that point in time, or yeah. it's yet another land. Sometimes you get late in the game, so that card's good for just pitching that, and then drawing two cards for two mana.
0: Yep. Or Madness Ability.
1: Or Madness Ability, which we should hopefully be seeing more of in Popper. Still holding out for it. For all you people listening out there that play Madness, let's get it going. All right, so for our main topic today, we want to talk about deck building, because both Jonathan and Valentine have been doing a lot of deck building lately. Yep. Uh, yes. So, um, <laughs> and that's a critical part of Magic. Obviously, collecting cards, opening packs, that's all, all fun and good. But where the game yeah. comes in is when you have a deck playing against each other. And uh, we've been using a lot of deck lists online, so yes, we are net decking. You Not can me. judge us. Not me. But Jonathan's been doing his own home brew lately when it comes to decks. <laughs> and so we want to talk a little bit about what you have done so far, as well as maybe some tips and tricks for those out there that are deck building for the first time. What are some ideas around that? So to begin with, Jonathan, what have you been homebrewing?
2: Um, so I've gotten a big box of cards from... Matthew, because mm-hmm. one of his friends just learned that I was pl- into magic. So he gave me this giant box of cards. So I've been looking through them, and what I do is I just randomly pick a color or a topic, and I base it off that. So mostly what I've been doing is I've been going through the um dick, the big box, uh-huh. to make dicks, and I have made a lot, I think about 10 or more.
1: When you put them together, what's usually the themes that you found in the um, decks? Or- I found
2: I just base it off of colors. I think I think I have a I think I have one of each color so far.
0: Okay. And then
2: I have an artifact and all that. And I just finished a commander deck. It was super hard. It took me about a week or so because I accidentally put three or four of a card in there and I can only have one. Yep. So I had to get rid of everything, go back in and pick out all the cards that I needed and put it back in. And then when I was getting ready to play, I figured out I only had land that can make two colors, so I had to put in real land. Mm-hmm. And it's finally finished. I haven't used it yet, so I don't know if it's good or not. Okay.
1: So what are kind of the two main decks that we've played with lately that you put mm-hmm. together?
2: Black Death.
1: And what what's Black Death about?
2: Mostly what Black Death is about is I was in my box and I found all these black cards and I'm like, I'm going to put them in the deck, do this. Mostly what I'm kind of basing it on is mostly just black and getting tokens. So,
1: token yep. generating and killing everything.
2: Yes, because <laughs> yeah. I can destroy anything.
1: Even yourself if you wanted to. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I could. All right, and the other one that you have? Um... Um,
2: multi-attack, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, multi-attack. That one I've been playing. I haven't played it in a while. But I know that I will.
1: Awesome. So that also can kind of drive your decision in building a deck. Because usually you got to have some sort of idea of something you want to do. You want to just make it a certain color or you want to do a certain thing. Like your Black Death is all about well, killing things but also making a bunch of tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you're going through and deciding what deck to build, obviously you want to have some sort of theme behind it. Because that's going to guide what cards you want to put mm-hmm. in. So Valentine, what kind of decks have you been making lately?
2: So I've been making forty decks because Dad was like, So here's some packs, just make some forty decks while he was at work. And so I did that and I made like more than one. Definitely. And I've had I just made this one, um, that um I tried I played dad with but I don't know if I won.
0: We've played one game and you did not win that one.
2: Yeah. But it was kinda hard because like I had to like um I had to look through the packs and do what we did. It was on Jonathan's birthday with the, yeah. So I had to go through the cards carefully and read them and I did what me and dad did and I just like seed what I had most, saw what I had most. And, um, so I did that and I had, um, a lot, I think a lot of, um, I don't even remember. <laughs> so I made that and then me and dad played and I lost. It was really <laughs> sad.
0: So, Valentine has been using my cube that would normally be for drafting to build a sealed deck. So, when she says packs, they're not just random packs. We're just setting up 15 card packs and using that. So, she's taking six and building a 40 card limited deck. Yeah. And then I have been also so that I can play against her and we can start working on her deck building skills. Mm-hmm. But which. It's not One of the key things for deck building is your mana curve. Um, And mana curve is going to be a little different between limited and constructed. So John has been building and constructed. Valentine has been building and limited. And it's a little easier, in my opinion, to say what you want your curve to look like in limited. Um, You're not going to play a lot of one drops because one drops in limited tend to not be that good, actually. Your 2 and your 3 is kind of your sweet spot. You want to have 4 or 5 creatures in your 2 spot and your 3 spot, and then a few spells in each of those spots. And that's because those turns come first. If you're hitting your land drops, you're playing something turn 2, turn 3, and then turn 4, you might play 2, 2 drops, or a 4 drop, which in limited, it's generally about getting creatures on the board every turn and attacking.
1: Not letting mana go wasted by not being tapped and utilized.
0: You want to use all your mana every turn. And it's kind of a general rule of thumb that if you can use the most amount of mana that you can every turn, you're probably going to win. It's all about getting as
1: many cards on the table as you can. Because Mm -hmm. cards in your hand aren't usually going to do anything for you. So as you're putting the deck together and looking at your mana curve, first thing you have to do is sort everything by converted mana cost, um, also known as mana value. Yep. And with that, you want to start kind of on the left-hand side and put all your 1s in a pile, then all your 2s and your 3s, your 4s and 5s, and then usually anything over 5 all gets into one kind of pile because that's just a different late-game state. And with that, where the curve comes into play is kind of as you see your pile and you kind of stack them from top to bottom. You know, I'll have one little long, the next one's going to be a little longer, then a little longer, and it's going to make kind of a U-shape as you go from left to right. And the the format that you're in is going to determine where you want that U to be at its lowest. And so and especially in you know limited, you want it to be kind of more over your twos and threes. Yep. Now the area that we played a lot in is in Popper. In Popper, the mana curves are usually more towards the ones and twos and then yeah. they start tapering off or start going um, they start getting not as deep once you get into the threes, fours and there's going to be very, very few like five or six or seven or eight casting costs unless you really design a deck around getting big guys out namely using is Tron. Tron is probably most notable for that mm-hmm. or some stompy decks can do that too
0: and the reason that you see the difference is because in like Popper you have thousands and thousands of cards to pick a one mana cost card from so you can find good one mana cast cards in limited, your card pool is much, much smaller. Even in something like my cube, where nice. your one drops are not going to be that great in a cube. You might play more one drops than you would in a, you know, normal limited draft or sealed. In those, you might only play one, maybe two in a cube. You might play two or three because you're going to have stuff like death shaman. Land War Elves, but you're not generally going to have that quality of a card in Limited.
1: So if you guys think back to the last time we did our, our podcast and we did um, our, our sealed and we uh, put our deck together, when did we play most of our cards?
2: Mm, I think at like turn four.
1: Turn four so is when we're getting a lot of that out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of really in the middle of the game. And so when we're putting a deck together in that kind of format... Knowing that you're going to play cards towards the middle of the game, you want that the bottom of you to be more towards the middle. And where we're in Popper, you know, when are we playing
0: most of the cards when we're playing Popper decks?
2: Like turn one, maybe, or two.
1: One, two, three. I feel like three. two
0: was very heavy in Popper.
2: Because usually all of the things cost like two. Yeah. Mana.
1: Unless it's Affinity and you play
0: turn zero. Yeah.
1: Where you're playing all your cards at the beginning. And so. That's why, you know, you want the bottom of your U you to be where you expect most of the gameplay to be. Um, that's why when you move into Commander, I mean, putting that into a mana curve is going to be probably a pain in the butt. But you're going to likely see that U be more towards like 5, or six. Four, five, 6 because most of the Commander game, and we usually spend three turns playing, you know, artifacts down and passing your turn, and not a whole lot going on because all of it's expecting to be later on in the game so that's where that mana curve comes into play.
0: So thinking back to the decks you've built, Valentine, do you think some of your issues and why you've lost is because your mana curve is way too high? You're not playing stuff till turn, like, five? Yeah. So I think that when we build another deck, if you lay your stuff out and focus more on the two and three and maybe the four, you'll have a better deck just by doing that. Mm -hmm. And then one of the other kind of rules of thumbs that I think is easier to follow in limited than in constructed is that you almost always want to start your limited deck with 17 land. Every now and then you're going to play 18. Sometimes in some sets you can get away with 16. I think once I played 15, but I almost always just, okay, I'm going to play 17 and go from there. Yep.
1: And that rule, I mean, If you put it forward as a guideline, I'd probably call that more a rule. I've gone plus or minus that number, but I've never played 12 or something like that. It's one of those usually 23 non-land, 17 land to get to your 40. Um, Again, knowing that you're going to have to put more towards that middle of your mana curve there.
0: And, And I feel like limited is a little easier to make some more, not necessarily guidelines, rules, but they're closer to a rule than just a guideline. You know, you want to have 13, 14 creatures, you want to have 17 lands, and then just a few artifacts, enchantments, or spells. Because you want to be attacking. So you want to make sure that every turn you're playing a creature.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So you need to have a higher creature count. Yeah,
1: and nothing is worse at the towards the end of limited because really those games are usually decided on turn 6 or 7, and you don't want to keep tra- tapping into land. So you don't want to flood your deck with it, mm-hmm. but you also need to make sure you're not missing that land drop, to your point. Now, inside of Constructed, when you're building, that one can be a little trickier, and so I think that depends a little bit on your format that you're playing. And so in our case, do you remember in our popper decks, how many lands do we usually run in there? 16. For the most part, most of the decks I've seen are all running sixteen. Um, again, some of the I mean, there's going to be individual decks that might be plus or minus that. Yeah. And especially if you're going to be you know rifling through your deck, um, you want to, you could probably run a little bit more just because you're going to go through them faster.
2: I only have one deck with ten, and that actually works out.
1: Yeah, and you know, there's cycling storm which has seven because that's a unique purpose. But for the most part, popper decks are at 16. And, you know, why is that? It's because you can play three turns on one land. Um, Because a lot of your cards are ones and two drops.
0: It's because that mana curve is at that lower end.
1: Exactly, right towards that. That use right near that front. Whereas when you're in modern, for instance, you're going to be playing usually, what, what, 23, 24 lands?
0: 23, um, a control deck is normally around, like, 26. Mm -hmm. So you're somewhere between 23, 26 you might find a deck that's also like uh, 2021 20, if it's more of an aggro and it is kind of like a popper deck and it's more around that one or two spot. The
2: mm-hmm.
0: thing in like modern and legacy is that you overplay on your fetch lands. So it ups your land count still. But you may only really have like eight lands.
2: Yeah.
1: And if you think about we use Ash Barrens a lot, popper, mm-hmm. right? What does Ash Barrens do?
2: It use 10, pay one, and tap. And So you pay one, and you put it in your graveyard, and you may search your library for a basic land card.
1: So when you think about it, even though you put two land in, you're actually only getting one land out of it. And what that does is it pulls a land out of your deck, so you don't have to draw that later on. And so fetch lands are the same way when it comes to uh, modern and other formats to where you can use that one land to get a little bit deeper into your deck, too. So
0: how many is the minimum cards for limited valentine
2: um 40
0: yes and how many for constructed john 60 yep and then do you remember how many for ed8 or commander commander 100 100 so 99 plus your commander okay
2: yes i have a commander and
0: those are kind of like the three numbers you need to remember for what your minimum deck size is or maximum in the terms of commander you can't play more you have to be at that number
1: and now usually when you're playing uh, or when you're building your deck, when you have that minimum, um, inside a limited, do you want to run 60 cards? You have to have at least 40. But do you want to run 60 And when you have only the packs that you opened?
2: I mean, no.
1: Why not?
0: Well, in general, when you start in limited, when you start running 60 cards, and you only opened... Three packs, if you were drafting, or six packs for a sealed deck, you are going to run out of good quality cards and start having to play three, four, five colors, which then you run into the issue of you're adding extra land. You may not draw the colors you need. You're going to draw a blue card and only have white and green mana. It slows your deck down a lot. So then again, we're back to the kind of the mana curve idea where you're probably not playing stuff on the critical turns of two, three, and maybe four.
1: Because yeah, that's often the headache is not what necessarily goes in the deck, but what doesn't go in the deck. Mm-hmm. And while all these decks or these different formats have minimums, that's usually what you want to play. Um, I have one deck in there that's 61 cards, and it still kills me that it's 61 cards. Because the more you have in the deck, the less chance you are you to get the card 61 that you want. Card deck. I do have a 61 hmm. card deck, and yes, I'm being judged right now oh! by my son. Yeah, I know, I know. Which one? What? It's the Boros Metalcraft. What that? <gasps> J'accuse. Yeah. Every now
0: and then you'll see on a, on a website where they post like a big tournament and they'll post a deck list and someone on Twitter will get like a hundred replies. It's like, hey, they posted your deck list on Star City Games and they made a mistake. It says 61 cards. Can you tell me what card is wrong? and they'll be like no no I actually did play 61 and they will get a lot of grief about it yeah yeah you did yeah but i jerk. mean
1: yeah ultimately it's because you do, you want to get your deck fine tuned to the cards that are important that are going to do what you want and so as you're getting to cards you may say this card is good but is but it doing also- what I want my deck to do? No. And that's one of the hardest parts is getting down to 60. And you may go, I got it to 64. I'm good. Well, I'm telling you, you got to get it down to 60. Or 61 for that really weird occasion, knowing that your family will judge you. Um, but that's that's part of why those the sizes are there, but the minimums are there. And yes, you could build a giant deck. But it's not going to be fine-tuned, it won't be refined, and it's not going to get you the same results because you're wasting a lot of space with cards that don't add value to your core goal.
0: And the great thing about Magic is we're kind of like giving you guys all these rules as we're learning how to play, and we're putting the word out to the the podcast people. But there's always an exception. So we say you should build 60-card decks. But then there's Battle of Witch, which is like normally about 250 cards. Wow!
2: Um, and it
0: runs well yeah. because it's been fine tuned for many, many years. Yeah, and that's that's one of those uh,
1: they call them kind of the Grail decks that everyone wants to try to get it, get that to work. And when you do, it's a very beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But you got to have a very good purpose for not kind of following some of the general guidelines. And again, their guidelines they're not rules. And sometimes the most fun decks are the ones that go against the rules or the guidelines here um, because they let you do some crazy things with your decks.
0: And then a little secret that probably most people don't even know that play Magic with me a lot, I almost always play 41 in my limited decks. I almost always go crazy and play 23 cards and 18 lands.
1: And now the judgment shifts (laughs) to the other side of the table. (laughs) Dad. So, yeah, listen to all these rules that your parents break. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> you so disobeyed the, Ginger Jerk.
1: So the kind of last tidbit that I'll, I'll give on deck building is what I found when it comes to the colors. If you're running mono one color, it's pretty easy. You put that color kind of land in there. When you run more than one color, uh, kind of my rule of thumb is you, you take a look at all your cards, you count up the mana symbol of that color, and then you divide it by the number of colors you're playing. So in this case, if we're playing red-black and I count... Ten swamps, divide that by two colors is or ten black mana symbols. I'll divide that by two, which is gonna mean I need at least starting to start with five swamps. If I'm running eight red cards, so I have eight red mana symbols, divide that by two is four. So then I'm going to build five swamps, four mountains is what I start with. So those are my first nine. Then after that, I build evenly for the rest. Because that's how my dynamic between my cards, a little more black than there are red. And so for that reason, you need a little more swamps than you need red cards.
0: And that's a good way to start for any deck, whether you're limited or constructed.
1: Yeah. And now, But as you get your deck together, and then you start playtesting it, and you start playing it, what's usually the next thing you do? What have you done a few times with your decks, Jonathan?
2: Um, Upgraded them.
1: Upgraded them or again what we call fine tuning mm-hmm. or revising your deck. I haven't really done deck. that
2: yet, but you recommended doing it to Black Death.
1: Yep. So when we look to our deck and we go, okay, this isn't working. It's not being successful. It's not winning, or it's not just running right. Um, where do you usually want to start out with? We talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit.
2: The mana mostly because I had a, ma- a deck and I put like twenty mana in it. Mm-hmm. But too much. So then that's when you showed me how to do that thing.
1: Do the curve. And yeah. so, you and look. I
2: got it to the perfect thing.
1: So if you're getting too much or not enough mana, you need to reapproach your mana base. Are you at 23 for your 60 card deck, 16 for your popper, 16 or 17 for your limited? Start addressing that first. And then you can also look at the colors. Am I not getting the right colors? Maybe I swap out a forest for an island to just try to get that balance in right. What are some of the things you can do to be tweaking your deck if you see Mm -hmm. it's not working?
2: You can check your creature's mana cost because sometimes when you're playing cards, you'll have enough mana to play it, but you won't have enough mana in your hand to, to play that card out. So it's just sitting there.
1: Yeah, so you gotta look at the cards that that you're holding on to, the cards you aren't playing for one reason or another. You know, is that card too specific to one situation that just hasn't been coming up, or that you've not been able to do? It may be you may find a really great combo, but you've found it's too hard to get that combo out to where that card may not make sense. And so you want to look at the cards you didn't put in and say, is there one maybe I could swap that out for that I know I'll play? Instead of this one that I keep holding on to and it just never sees play. Yeah. What other things have you learned when it comes to revising deck?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I know uh, one that I just built recently called Soul Sisters deck, where I gain a bunch of life and make you lose a bunch of life. I had to recently change that because I found I was running out of cards. And so I took out some of the things that were there to protect my cards and instead went with an option where I could draw more cards. More of my creatures are going to die because of that result. But I did it so that I can draw more and I didn't keep running out of cards. And that's um, one of the other things you can look at is what do I want to do right now that I'm not able to be doing? And then that might tell you, okay, I need a card that's going to help me do this. Like, for instance, if you're playing someone and you find that their creatures are just too strong and you can't stop them with your creatures... Maybe you need to put more spells in that'll help you kill their creatures or control their creatures. Vice versa, if you find you don't have enough to be killing people with, well then let's get rid of some of those spells that just do things like draw or kill and actually put cards down that are going to help you win the game. And so, you know, always be asking yourself, what would I want to be doing right now that I'm not doing? Am I holding on to cards that I'm not using for one reason or another? And do I have enough land of the right color to get what I need? Do I need to make adjustments
0: there too? Yeah. And I would say that a good way to start is just how am I planning to win? Am I going to attack? Am I going to use burn spells? Am I going to mill them out? And then make sure that you have, you know, a critical amount of that card. You know, if my plan is to mill someone out and I only have two mill cards, I'm never going to get there. Mm -hmm. If I'm planning to use direct damage burn spells and my burn spells only add up to like 16, I'm probably not going to get there. So make sure that the... You know, the idea that you're building around is all there.
2: All
1: right. Any other tips that you guys have for the listeners out there as far as building a deck?
0: Have you guys had fun building decks?
2: Yeah. yeah. But it's really, really hard because um, I haven't been building decks a lot.
0: So and now that we've discussed this, do you have some ideas on how to build your sealed decks? We'll call them sealed. A little better? Yeah. About, like, mana curve and spells and how to win and...
2: I mean, I'm not going to probably... I'm not taking the tips for winning, but I'm probably not going to... Um.
0: Well, you don't have to win right off the bat. Yeah. As long as you continue to improve and you learn, that's the best thing about magic. Yeah, and I can tell you deck building
1: is something you're never going to be the master at. You can get better and better over time, um, but you're really not going to be the master because, well, it just takes a lot and you got to really devote time to it. A you can get better and that. better at it. But really it's all about having fun. Like digging through the cards, sitting down, watching TV as you're sorting through some cards. I mean that's really where the fun of magic comes in. Yeah. The end result of a deck is great cuz then you get to play with one another, but that's also just putting it together is really half that that fun. And for those that are, you know, out there doing deck building for the first time uh, one thing i found is you know you catch a lot of grief for just net decking that's where you go online find someone else's deck and you build it but that's often a good way to get a starting point um, you can take someone's deck and say i like this deck but i don't like their choice of these cards i'd rather see these cards and you can kind of take a good foundation and start making it your own that's also one of the ways that you start to learn the format you're playing in. So if you're doing Popper, Modern, Legacy, or even some limited stuff, uh, you can look at what other people are doing and go, hey, that card makes a lot of sense in this deck. I'm going to use that some future decks too. Any other tidbits you guys have? Derek?
2: Mm-hmm. I don't have anything.
1: All right. Well, I'm all tapped out.